Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Dr. Joe Congus. Joe, aka the Helmet Doctor, is a pediatrician and founder of Helmets First, an organization dedicated to partnering with police to protect the heads of children. Hi, Joe. That sounds like a good idea. Good morning. I think so. You know, I was a, as a pediatrician, I you know, was seen many head injuries, just learned about bicycle helmet safety on my own. I was an avid cyclist years ago before some shoulder and neck issues, but um, didn't wear my helmet until I had a crash that didn't injure my head, thank goodness, but I landed on my shoulder and I was like, gosh, it might be important to wear a helmet. That was awful close to my head. And then when I became a pediatrician and I was in my first job in Salem, Illinois, there were zero kids wearing helmets. And I would just talk to those kids about wearing a helmet. And even the parents would be like, ah, they just ride around our neighborhood. They don't, they don't need a helmet. So I decided I need to, they need to do something about that. I like that. Well, and it, and it, and it's hard you got to make it a thing, right? Cause if, if you want all the kids doing it, so it's <laughs> right? just a thing, right? Instead right. of it being like, please, but I'm the only one that has to wear the helmet. <laughs> I know it's very, so it's, it's good that you're making it something that everybody can accept and do, but it's a big deal. Head injuries are a big deal. Oh my goodness. And some, something so simple as putting on a $10 bicycle helmet that can save a child's life. Um, it's just, it's so simple. I mean, it's like, just like wearing a seatbelt, you know, you hope you never have that crash, but if you do, you got to be prepared for it. And, and even the little kids just riding around on their tricycles, I think I see them more like getting on and off their bikes. They kind of get their foot caught on the seat or they're just getting off too quickly and they take a face dive. And that's an important time to wear that helmet as well. So. No kidding. And so then how are the police involved? So, you know, take a step back. When I started Helmets First, I, my initial thought was, I'm going to go to the school and talk about wearing bike helmets. And then I realized, you know, thinking back to when I was a kid and people came and talked to safety about any kind, kind of went in one ear out the other. Like I listened, but I didn't listen. I didn't really care. Like I was invincible. I was a kid, you know, or invincible. Gosh, I think I was invincible till I was 30. And I realized I never was, but I thought yeah. I was anyway until about then. I get um, it. But I was, I'm still kind of a big kid. But on that note, I thought, what else can I do? So I kind of just started doing some research, you know, 16, 17 years ago when I started it. Um, there was internet, but it sure was hard to get around. And there were, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of great information that I could find anyway. Um, but I found some programs that were doing some different things. And initially I thought at least I could give them a bicycle helmet. When I tell them about the helmet safety, show them how to wear a helmet, which then I had to learn how to wear a helmet the right way. And then, you know, I can give them a helmet. But then I thought, you know, this is going to go in the garage. It's going to go on the shelf. It's going to be left in there. So how can I encourage them to wear this helmet? And one of my first thoughts was bicycle helmet laws. And I got talking to local police and, and realized real quickly, no one wants to enforce that law. Kind of a law for the books, but not one that someone's going to go out and right. say, you're not wearing your helmet, we're giving you a ticket. No one wants to do that. But they really like the idea of being the good guys. So with Salem, Illinois Police, we started giving the kids prizes when we saw them wearing helmets. So I would just collect Dairy Queen coupons, anything of the like, and throw in a set of Cardinals tickets. And then they would just drive around. And when they had the time and they saw a child wearing a helmet, they would give them a prize. And oh my goodness, talk about kids getting excited about wearing bicycle helmets. And it wasn't about the Cardinals tickets or the Six Flags passes. An ice cream cone was more than enough to make them super excited where Sometimes they would see the police car driving by and they'd run inside and grab the helmet, but they, they, made, they, they were thinking about it at least. And it was on the front of their mind that how, how they could at least get something out of wearing a helmet, if not for the safety reasons. Well, what a great idea. And then the, I mean, then you're like, 
not just you trying to do it. You've got a whole police force and you're, oh, right. you're and giving the police, you know, a kind, wonderful thing to do. And, and yeah, for ice cream kids guys. are going to. Exactly. Yeah. And I found, you know, even back 16 years ago, when I started this program, police department, police officers would tell me stories about how they would be told, like, or they'd hear them, someone telling their kids at McDonald's, like, you better be good or that police officer is going to arrest you. And it's like, no, we want to be the good guys. We don't want to be presented as the bad guys all the time. And as you can imagine, these days, there's even more of that. And so the police yes. officers having that opportunity to have positive interaction with not just the children, but the families, if they see them out there. Some of our communities, their kids don't have many bicycles. I've gone to some events in communities to where the kids will tell me I used to have a bike, but somebody stole it and horrible, sad stories like that. But you know, there's not a need for rewards for bike helmets because they don't have bikes and helmets, a lot of the kids. But I let the police officers in those communities just use them for you know when they see a kid being good, you know, just for stop by, say hi, give the kid an ice cream coupon and and have a positive interaction with them because I think that's as equally as important as our program of protecting the heads of kids. Yeah, no kid will love it. Thank you for doing that. That's an awesome thing to oh, be doing in this so world. Much fun. And but you're also a pediatrician and you are very involved with um, you know, I stalked you a little bit before we got on this podcast together. <laughs> and it it just it feels to me like you are really forward thinking with what you do. I, I try to be. I think that's one thing years ago when I was even in training, um, I trained with some docs who were older, who I felt like they were probably doing things the way they were trained 40, 50 years ago. And I said, that's, I, I don't want to be like that. I want to always be looking for ways to improve my practice, how I practice, um, what we do. And so a few years back, I just made some progression to focusing on lifestyle before medication. And I did that with opening whole child pediatrics in Creve Corps. And those conversations led to a number of things, which include vaccines. And, and really, a lot of things just came down to me realizing it's my job to give medical advice. And it's parents' job to do what they think is best for their kids. And, it, and that's kind of where that relationship ends. It's not my job to be forceful, demanding, um, any degrading in any way for a, parent, a parent's choice. Um, right. And especially in the pediatric world, the kids have no choice in that. So leaving them without a pediatrician over the parent's choice is even a harder thing for me to understand. Now, I did it that way for years. Again, it's just a matter of learning and growing and always trying to, to be better at what I'm doing. I realized that that wasn't the way that I wanted to practice anymore. And I just really want to approach families, all families, regardless of their decisions, with love and grace and understanding and trying to figure out where they are and knowing that we've all had different experiences that led to how they feel about their decisions that they're making. And that I haven't lived those choices or lived through those lives, so I can't always understand it, but I can at least appreciate it and, and be there for them as their physician and, and try to guide them in the best ways that I can. So it's honoring their path, which is exactly. good. Yes, I love it. Well, but one of the things that you did um, that I noticed that you had put up on social media and that caught my eye was it was talking about, you know, before medication, the doctor should be sure. asking you a lot more questions than just here's a, here's a script. Go get it again. That's the perfect example of you know how I used to practice. So I, you know, I felt like I was more thorough than some. I had parents and teachers in, input on things like ADHD and anxiety. And when a child came in with one of those things, I was you know, here's the medicine you need to fix right. that. And realizing as I was introduced to clean eating, that just diet alone could make such a big difference. Um, unfortunately, there's not evidence to prove that. You know, when you're practicing in medicine, you're supposed to always use evidence-based medicine. Now there's more. There are some lifestyle research and things going on, but the month there's not money in you know telling people how to eat. So it's a harder way to go about getting research and funding. But I just saw in real life, I would talk to a family, 
about what they were eating alone. And they would come back 30 days later with a completely different child and all they'd done. I know that wasn't placebo because a child of six-year-olds is not going to change how they act because you, it might actually get worse if you start taking away all their, their Right. Food. They're like, oh, uh, hey, no candy. Have some broccoli. <laughs> You know, but you know, focusing on clean eating and then hydration and sleep and you know, screen times, just the things and exercise, the things that we can talk about that are just strictly lifestyle. I like to say, like, I'm not holistic, I just think kids get too much medicine. And so, focusing on lifestyle before medication is such an important part of how I practice and, and what I'm looking for in other physicians and nurse practitioners as I'm expanding and opening allies for health. Well, it is amazing, and I and, and I have alopecia, so. I have an autoimmune thing and um, I, you know, I, I cut out gluten quite a while ago. Then I cut out sugar. Then I cut out dairy. Now I'm working my way through the whole lectin idea. <laughs> like, should I eat these? <laughs> like, you know, and, I'm, and I, I actually just got a kit not too long ago that's going to test me for food sensitivity. So maybe I get some more insight into what is going on. But it is amazing um, when I cut out corn and it's amazing what corn is like in everything. And I know for sure I have to cut out corn. Now that I've cut that out, I've seen the difference. That's the, that's the one thing. And that's even when I talk with families, like I know corn is one for me. Like I had in my twenties swelling in my ankles and swelling in my hands. And I never knew why until I ate clean for a month. And then I figured out which foods it was by adding foods back in. And corn is a big one for me. And I like my corn and I especially like popcorn, which is very inflammatory know, for me I as well. Popcorn. So I used to make popcorn. We have a machine. I used to make popcorn nightly. Now we make it once yep. a month. And I just know I'm going to have a few days where I may not feel as good. I might be swollen. That's what I tell families too. Like, I want you to eat clean and I want you to do these things. But a, a birthday party or a Christmas, you're not going to do that. You're just going to have to understand like, oh, right. you might you eat some junk, but you world. might have some days that are a little rougher. And yeah, so you have to enjoy life. You can't, you can't do that all of the time. And and just understanding, and that's about meeting people with where they are. Because I'd love everyone, like the minute I tell them you need to eat clean, like the next day they start eating clean. But that's not reality either. It just doesn't happen that way. And just like you said, the steps that you're taking is that you didn't eliminate everything at once. You're kind of taking some steps to see what's working for you. And that's hard enough doing one at a on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just learning how to shop, right? You got to shop differently. You got to cook differently. You have to think differently about when, you, when you're at a restaurant. I mean, you know, it's it's a lot. My, I, it only happened for me because it was a contest at my gym and it was a 90 or a 30 day paleo challenge. And I'd never eaten paleo. And I was probably, my wife got me to do CrossFit and I was reluctant to do that. And during my 90 days that I was going to give CrossFit my all, but did the paleo challenge, I think I was more angry about that than doing CrossFit, but I'm like, you know, I'm competitive. <laughs> so I wanted to win. So I was strict for those 30 days and I'm glad I was because it really changed so much about just my practice. I mean, who I am, how I live my life, but also how I how I practice medicine. Are there any other foods that you, that people might be so? Because I was surprised about corn. I read a book called Wheat Belly, and then Grain Brain, and it focuses on all the grains and, and grasses. So that includes your your bread, pasta, cereal, your corn, and your rice. They're all in that grain and grass family. And I think for a lot of people, I know people eat those and do just fine. But I also know like those are huge for, I mean, things like eczema. I see uh, moms take, you know, breastfeeding moms taking grains out of their diet and, and eczema clear up. And I see that inflammation in that too. So that's really? one. The legume family can be very inflammatory for some people. So I try to stay away from the beans for the most part. Again, I made chili this weekend and I usually leave the beans out. But this weekend, I'm like, you know what? I'm using, I'm putting beans I in that this beans. time. I, I miss beans. So yep. I some beans. Yep. We had beans in our chili. Um, dairy. Dairy is a big one. Yeah. Oh, I'm dairy free then, as well. That's my other anything one. Anything artificial, all your, all your artificial colors, flavors, sweeteners, clearly 
things to avoid as much as as much as possible. Yeah, I'm a I'm a former candy holic. I love candy. I mean, it was like sure. gummy bears, Swedish fish. Oh my gosh, it was just I I loved them. All, all the corn syrup too. Oh yeah. So I had to, you know, I had to be at peace with goodbye. And now I eat coconut yogurt with dark chocolate in it. <laughs> yeah, I eat a lot of dark chocolate these days. Okay. Yes, exactly. I have something for that sweet tooth. So let's talk about allies for health. Okay. Um, you know, this is my next step. Like I said, I progressed from my traditional practice, ideal pediatrics in Columbia, Illinois, to whole child, um, now on to Allies for Health. And that's there's a number of reasons for that. I've wanted to do a cash model practice for a number of years. I wasn't sure the Midwest or St. Louis were ready for that, especially in pediatrics where everyone has insurance or if they can't afford insurance, they have state covering their, their kids' medical care. But I feel like there's a time now where people are really looking for something different. And I want to be the one to be able to provide that. Only I can't do that in a traditional model to where if I spend more than 20 minutes with a patient, I'm losing money. And unfortunately, I'm a physician, but I'm also a business owner. I have a family. And so I have to think about those things. And I hate it. When I opened Whole Child, I would schedule 45 minute to an hour appointments because I had zero patients. But as the loan ran out and I had to start making money, I had to start sharpening those up. And now I'm right back to you're in, you're out. And if I'm not, which you know, I do like to talk, so I might spend the time I need and then the next patients are backed up because we've got them scheduled that way. So that way um, we can make the money and, and I'm, just, I'm just over that kind of care. And right. so I really want a place to where I can provide whatever attention you need. So with allies, I will offer full concierge um, panel of 100 patients. So I'll only have 100 patients I'm taking care of, but that's full access to me, my cell phone, my email. You can text me, call me. We can do video visits and I'll do in-home visits for those 100 patients. And then there's also going to be some membership models that are in office with the nurse practitioner, with me supervising them, um, looking to start those in Edwardsville and St. Peter's as soon as we can get the numbers up where it makes sense. And that's direct access Monday through Friday to that nurse practitioner. So she might only be in the office two to three days a week, but the other two to three days a week where she's at home or maybe working another job, you still text her, you still email her, and she's the one who gets back to you about your care, about your questions. No nurse, no receptionist. It's direct access to your primary care provider along with um, that personalized care where we have a small patient panel. That in-office provider will have 250 patients on average and that that's it. And she will then be able to give you some undivided attention, be able to schedule hour-long appointments every time and be able to call you back quickly. And you'll just have that. It'll be a relationship again. It won't just be you're in, you're out. It won't be let's focus on you know, the one big problem you have today and you got to come back 10 times, we can really dive in and focus on your health and your wellness and educate. We can spend time doing things that we might refer to specialists now because it takes more time. Really dive in and just be that primary care provider and be that, I feel like a family member for those families. And and that's like a monthly, is that the model? Those will be monthly membership fees, correct. Okay. And then those monthly membership fees are all inclusive. They cover all your phone, text, email, phone, um, video visits and an office and in-home visits if you cho- choose the full concierge model. I think so. that's fascinating. I love that. In fact, I've talked to a few, um, a chiropractor actually that that does it. And I thought that is really a cool way to go. And, you know, and that's, that's the hardest part it comes down to insurance and, and affordability for some families. Um, I do believe that, again, people wanting something different and then that direct access is such a big key to not have to go through phone trees and receptionist who tells you to talk to the nurse who then tells you you need to make an appointment to finally get to talk to the doctor. Um, Those steps are out. 
Um, you know, and there are other ways around it. Like we have medical sharing plan that we use in our yes. family where we're paying for cash for things basically. Anyway, even when we had insurance, with the deductible we had and the high premiums we had, we paid as much out of pocket as as we did, you know, in premiums pretty much. And so we were paying double before we ever got to the point where insurance was covering anything. So at this point, you know, I have families who've talked about it and just, you know, choose a medical sharing plan and put that difference in a savings account and use it or use your health savings account to pay for it. You can really do, there's a number of different things. Exactly. That's what I do. I have a, I have a share plan. So say I hear people saying, it seems like most people know someone who had a sharing plan who, um, feels like they got a raw deal. And I think that comes down to education and knowing your sharing plan. For instance, you know, we know it doesn't cover vaccines, so we wouldn't get our vaccine. And most pediatric offices or doctor's offices don't know how sharing plans work. So you show up, they treat it like insurance, and they do things that aren't covered, and then you get the bill for it. So like vaccines, for instance, most don't cover that. But since we're not covered, we go to the health department and get them for free. So it's just knowing what's covered and understanding your benefits. And they can really like, the year my wife had two surgeries, we still paid less out of pocket than we would have paid in premiums alone, let alone the other things, just in the premiums for that year. So yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of health shares. Well, and I do. I ask lots of questions before I do anything, just so I know. But I have found it to be the best way to go for me. I agree. So very cool. I just love, well, yeah. And I just, I love that. I love this thought. It's a, it's a new way to approach um a healthcare system that right now feels a little broken, you know? So I like the the thought of, okay, I, I can't do this one anymore. This isn't in alignment with the way that I want to show up for the people I serve. Absolutely. You know what it comes down to, like I said, loving patients and loving families as well. It's not, it's just a place for me to give advice and it's a place for me to take the time that, that, that parents need and want and deserve for their children. We just can't do on a traditional insurance model. Exactly. So I have some kind of fun questions for you. Are you ready? I'm a little nervous, but don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, no, these are so easy. And I mean, you can take this where you wish. (laughs) So there's like all these crazy medical dramas and comedies on TV. Is there one that you like, even if it's just like so out there and it's like really like you're looking at as a doctor going, that's not how that works. But is there one you like? I think most physicians will agree that Scrubs was one of the best. Oh my God. It was, there were so many things about it that were real and that we all lived through, but there was so much about it that was so ridiculous that it was a great combination because a lot of times, right, you watch a show like before medical school, I loved ER. And then when I got in medical school and residency and I was watching ER, I realized it was ridiculous. You know, now it's hard to watch anything that has anything medical. My wife just laughs at me. And I said, it's probably the same for attorneys. It's probably the same for plumbers. Anyone who has a profession and they're talking about it in a TV show, you're like, that's not how it goes. You know, it, oh, yeah. It's but, like people but it's don't so hard do to watch that. a lot of those, those other dramas. But Scrubs is top notch. That's a great one. Oh, my gosh. I haven't watched that in forever. All right. So I also happen to notice that you are an expert in CBD. Oh, goodness. One more thing I do, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is interesting, though, like because there's so much around it. What, what, what is your expertise in? What have you used it for? Or So in my practice, you know, to go back to how it started for me, being more natural-minded, parents ask me about natural remedies a lot. And most of the time, I don't know anything about it. I just haven't had the time to learn. And when I try to dive into like essential oils, there's so many and so many different uses. And no real studies in kids that I don't know where to even begin. But I did have a family come to me a couple of years ago with a little one who was having seizures. And you know, long story short, they had started CBD, felt she was doing better, wanted to wean medication. 
And I said they wanted to help and they found me and asked if I could help them. And I said, I can't at the moment because I don't even know if I think your kid should be taking CBD, but give me eight weeks. Let's schedule an appointment because I need to have a deadline, but I also need an extended deadline because I have to have the time to really dive in and see what I can find. And in that reading, I read so much about ADHD and anxiety, top of the list. For those families who either can't make changes or want to do something else while they're making changes, I found CBD to be a great um, intermediary. I look at it still like a medication, like it reduces inflammation. It works on serotonin receptors, so it works like a medication. And if you're masking something with it, maybe you won't know what you need to change, but it's also at least a natural medication that we can right. use in the meantime. So so um, I've started bringing it up in, in the exam rooms and I, you know, I can't recommend it. It's not FDA approved. So I have to just right. share experiences that I've seen with it. And, and then because those families would ask me, which brand do you recommend? I spent the next four months researching brands, flying to manufacturers, ordering their products, sending it for testing. Ultimately, after going through about a dozen, I did not find one that was everything I wanted it to be. And I just felt like I'd put enough time and enough effort that I developed my own line of products. And now I know what those are. Like when I, I, I instruct the, the manufacturer what ingredients to put in, they test it for me, but then I get it all shipped directly to me. And I randomly select bottles for testing as well. So I know, and there's patches I've had to send back because they weren't everything that, that they were intended to be. And that's part of the nature of CBD. There's no, there is no regulation. So even a company I know and trust can change how they do things, can mess up and right. can make formulation change. So, so I double check those and make sure that the products I get are exactly what I say they are. So I can feel comfortable. Really designed it. I wanted it to be a pharmacy and physician line. So one they would trust knowing that a, an MD had taken the time to do the research to develop the line. Um, and that's hit and miss on who, you know, MDs are like most and it's not FDA approved or regulated. So they don't really get into the discussion. Uh, pharmacists, I, I find that they just put a product on their shelf and, and that's kind of as far as they go with it. But I have found, you know, um, I do have some really great retailers and a lot of good loyal customers around, at least around the St. Louis area who are buying the products at this point. So can people just go to your website and order it? Or how does yeah, it the work? easiest easiest one to go to is cbdstl.com. That'll take you to the brand name's the Dexar. That's my kids' names all kind of jammed together. Like I said, it looks kind of pharmaceutical. I wanted it to kind of sound that way so doctors and pharmacists would see it as, you know, like a trusted brand. Um, and so it's Ledexar and cbdstl.com is where you can find it. And we have oil tinctures. There's topical gel, one of the best sellers. Those people are like, I don't know if I want to take CBD. You have a localized ache, ache or pain and you put um, some of this gel on there. It's mentholated, arnica, lemongrass, oil, and CBD. Really has proven to give a lot of relief for, for lots of localized aches and pains. Wow, that's so great. And, and I did not know it was anti-inflammatory. I don't know why. It I is. Yeah, that's this, one of the but... biggest. Yeah, that's one of the biggest proponents for a lot of a lot of the things that it does. Which is why sometimes people with autoimmune will use it because of. Well, the that, yeah, part that of the my ears it. perked. I'm I'm going to be on your site soon. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Well, but right. seriously, because that is the thing you're you're up against with an autoimmune is the 100%. inflammation, and so how do you keep the inflammation at bay? And it's just this dizzying experience of. Can I eat this? Can I eat that? Can I do this? Can I do that? Oh, this is, oh, the rash is coming. Oh, what do I do now? You know, it's, sure. oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the day when we figured out the autoimmune thing because there's so many and it affects so many people. Um, I want to keep, I mean, one thing, losing your hair, right? I can, I'm good, right? But I don't <laughs> right. want a new one, 
right? I don't want to <laughs> invite somebody else and it's going to attack something else. You know, attacking hair follicles is one thing, but I'm like, no, I need to, I need to figure this out. Right. That's just it. And that's when people, you know, when I talk to people and we find the foods that are causing issues and they're like, well, can I eat them? Or when people have food allergies, and I'm like, you can, but what is, what else is it doing? Is it really just only attacking your hair follicles? Um, we don't know. We don't know what else. So I had inflammation like in my hands and feet and lots of other things from eating corn. What else was it causing inflammation and that I couldn't see and don't know about? That's it too. I noticed that, right? I mean, I went to the movie theater and went, oh, I'm going to have some popcorn, even though I know I shouldn't. <laughs> I'm going to have some popcorn. And I woke up the next day and I was like, ouch, my, my hands. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Popcorn yesterday. That's what happened. You know? Oh my gosh. This is so interesting. Okay. So um, scrubs, I love it. And thank you for sharing with us about CBD. The other question I always ask everyone, because kindness is a big thing here, is for you just a top of mind experience as of late, where you either witnessed or received or provided kindness to someone? Oh, goodness. You put me on the spot for that one. Um, You know, I think it comes down to probably the most fun. I work a lot. So it all comes down to, to work for me. I'm actually filling in as a part-time role at Job Corps in North County right now as they're a short of position and just trying to help them provide some care for kids. But that whole organization, um, while it's a you know federally funded organization to, to, to serve these kids and help them get their diplomas and, and jobs and trades, um, just the people who work there are just so dedicated to those kids. I mean, it's a job, but it's so much more. The, the director there works so hard to make sure these kids not only have the best care, but just have great access to everything that they need. I think that's just seeing those people there, like they could probably get better paying jobs and they could, you know, have other things that they want themselves, but they're there because they love those kids. And it's, it's awesome to see that. And I say kids, they're 16 to 24 year olds, but they're kids in my book. Kids too. Yeah. I get it. I'm the same way. I'm like, really, you look really, really, the kids just start looking younger and younger (laughs) to me. That is awesome. Well, thanks for that service as well. Um, will you tell everyone, we know about CBD, CBD STL, where else can people learn more about you? Um, you know, my digital business card is Dr. Joe. So D-R-J-O-E-S-T-L.com. Dr. Joe STL.com kind of has links to all the different businesses that I'm a part of. Um, you could go to allies for health It's allies, the number four and health.com. There's also wholechildstl.com. There's helmetsfirst.com and idealpediatrics.com. Those are those are, I think, all of my businesses. There might be another in there, but... Oh, my uh, gosh. Are you going to have another dot com soon we should keep an eye out for? <laughs> I, you, you never know. I, I, I joke about the hundreds of, of dot coms that I own, but they're all leading somewhere. My favorite one is funkyfreshpediatrics.com, but I haven't found a place to use that yet. So. Ah, well, let us know when you get I'm gonna there, try. Right? I'm going to open a Funky Fresh Pediatrics one day. I don't know if it'll be all 80s and hippie stuff or what it's going to oh be, gosh, but I want to find hilarious. a way. <laughs> I love it. That's so fun. Well, Dr. Joe, I am really excited that I got to know you. Thank you so much for reaching out and, and getting me on here and helping me spread the word about the things that I'm doing and, and getting to know a little bit about me. That's awesome. I appreciate it. It's great. I gotta, we got to do a shout out to JB Andrews and, and Leslie Kluge who told me about you. Thank you, guys. I did Yes, a, thank you guys I, so much sent out a newsletter asking everybody to introduce me to my next podcast guest and your name came up twice. So I thought I better talk to this guy. (laughs) Well, thank Thank you, you Dr. Joe, so much for your time today. And everyone out there, you've been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Thank you so much. Go spread that kindness. Have a good one. 